0: Listen. Good morning, everybody. Morning. So glad to be back with you in this second uh, message of this series. And uh, how many of you have ever seen the Whisper Challenge before? How many of you guys have ever seen it? Okay, I got a few Jimmy Fallon fans. Okay, but seriously, when you watch that, weren't you thinking about your marriage? Can we all just be honest? <laughs> or, parents, wasn't that you and your kids, right? Trying to communicate back and forth? Or is that what it's like for you? trying to discern what God is saying to you. Sometimes this whole idea that God is speaking, but I'm having a hard time listening. So here's what we're going to talk about. Last week, we, in addressing this issue that God speaks, we tried to just lay the foundation, looking right straight in the scripture, in the Bible, to show that God is a God who still speaks. In fact, the truth is, he actually is speaking more intimately now to us than he ever did with Moses and that he ever did with the 12 disciples. Guys who got to actually be with Jesus in the flesh, what we discover is what we possess, the opportunity we have today to hear from God is even better. And it is. Christianity, this whole thing that we're all about, it is all about relationship. And so what we learned last week was that's this, what we called the, the ministry of the Spirit. That when you become a follower of Christ, what God says is, my Spirit actually comes and sit, resides inside you. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ spiritually actually dwells within us. But the Bible also says, right, that no one knows the thoughts of God. No eye has seen them, no ear has heard them, And definitely no mind has ever been able to conceive the reality of God. We don't know his thoughts. But the spirit within, the spirit of God, is the only one who knows the thoughts of God. And now we have that spirit. So since we have the spirit of God inside of us who knows God's thoughts, now that spirit can help us to hear God. In fact, the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. So what we learned last week is where God moves is in our heart, inside of us. All the time, we're going to see this again today. In us, in our mind, and in our hearts, that's where God speaks. The primary way that God speaks to us is in our thoughts. So if he is a God who speaks, and if you in this room, like, right, you can say, man, if God speaks, I'd love to hear God. (laughs) That would be so cool, and my heart is open to that. What we're going to talk about today is how can we know if it's him? I do. I think in 29 years of ministry, I think this is definitely one of the top five questions that I get asked. If God speaks, how can I know that it's him? Now, so God is speaking in our hearts, but in our mind, right, in these thoughts, but we also have other thoughts, other voices inside. How many of you hear voices inside? (laughs) Okay. Okay well if you're human you do (laughs) because we all have other voices inside there's one other voice a primary voice that we have inside our thoughts you know what that voice is it's yourself (laughs) you have a voice you are thinking all the time in fact that's the truth that's all we do all day long is our brain is active, and so we are thinking, so we have thoughts, but here's what's crazy, is God uses the same instrument that we do. So we have thoughts, but then God enters our thoughts, and that's where it's like, oh, this gets confusing, how can I know which one's which? Okay, how many of you were in the band? Anybody anybody in the band in high school? Okay, come on, you don't have to be embarrassed. Who was in the band? (laughs) All right, it's all right. I was in the band, I played the euphonium. Yes, it's a real instrument called the baritone. But here's what, here's what I love. I'd sit in the back, right, and the clarinet, anybody play the clarinet in here? Okay, so with the clarinet, and I'll pick on them because there was always more clarinets than anybody else in the band. And here was the interesting about the clarinets. There's a first chair, and there's a last chair. Same instrument, different sound. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> It's the same instrument, but it's a different sound. Here's what I want to tell you. God uses our thoughts, same instrument, but when he speaks, it's a different sound. And that's what we've got to learn to discern. And here's what I want to tell you. The only way that you can actually learn to discern if God is speaking to you is through experience you actually have to experience it okay look at this verse hebrews 5:14 says solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil so i love the analogy that the bible uses in a spiritual analogy it says right jesus said when you receive me you are born again so there's like this infancy right and if you're an infant you first thing you do is all you do is drink milk That's all you do. And then eventually you smash up everything that's around you and you eat all this mushy stuff, right? (laughs) And then eventually as you grow up and you become mature, solid food is for the mature, now look at this, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. How can you distinguish spiritually what is of God and what's not of God? The scriptures are telling us it takes constant use. You have to do it over and over and over and over again. So in other times, the English, uh, other translations would just use the word practice, right? If you're going to be able to distinguish if it's God's voice or not, you actually have to practice this. You have to have constant use, which means then you got to be engaging with God, And you gotta be doing it on a regular basis. You gotta be doing it a lot. And the mature people are the ones who do that. They constantly use it, they practice. Now, how many of you like to practice? Okay, we got six, seven, eight liars in here, all right? I mean, very few people actually like to practice. I I know my kids, when they were little, man, it's like they just wanted to do it right the first time. And when they couldn't do it right the first time, they're like, this is stupid, I hate this, right? Because you just want to be able to do it, Ashlyn, uh, our soccer player. She does. She she um, asked me a few weeks ago. She said, "Dad, how does somebody get really good at a sport?" And I'm like, "Ashlyn, you just you got to practice. You just got to do it." So her t- coach is telling her, "Right, you got to be able to juggle the ball." And so seriously, she was struggling so hard to do that. But finally, she started practicing and practicing and practicing. A couple weeks ago, at Caleb's uh, soccer game. She had a ball over on the sideline, and she just kept juggling. She she comes to me, and she goes, Dad. She goes, I just did 78 in a row. I'm like, that's awesome, because it wasn't too long ago. You couldn't do double digits. Constant use, and now she can do it. My son Caleb, he's into parkour. How many of you have no idea what parkour is? Okay, okay, but most of us, you're going to find out. It actually has evolved from military training, from the military uh, obstacle courses, and it's this new deal where guys are flipping and, and sliding and jumping all over anything that they can find, and my son loves this. And one day, out of the blue, he just goes, Dad, watch this. And he runs in the front yard, and he does a complete flip, front flip. I'm like, dude, how, how, how did you do that? How did he do it? Constant use. He's doing it all the time. I want to encourage you. You can become spiritually mature and by constant use and by practice, you can know his voice. And here's what I want to tell you. He wants you to. Dads, do you remember? Like I remember when you have this newborn baby, right? Like Caleb's a brand newborn baby and I'm speaking to him. And I'm going, Caleb, and I'm talking to him. And what does he do when I say his name? What does he do? Nothing. (laughs) Right? I mean, he does absolutely nothing. (laughs) And, And you're like, man, you just love this kid so much, and you're talking to him, and you wish he'd respond to you, and he doesn't at all. And then I'll never forget there was one day where he was in his mother's arms because that's where babies usually he's in the mother's arms and she's so he's sitting in Susie's arms and she said as I was walking into the room and as I walked into the room I was talking and she said as soon as you walked in the room and you were talking his head went whew. You know what that did for me as a dad? Oh my god. He knows my voice. You guys you may want to hear God's voice. He is your father in heaven, and he is speaking to you all the time, and he can't wait for that moment when he's speaking, and you go, because you know it's God. Now, Dallas Willard, I wanna tell you, there's a book, I've, I've been promoting this, it's called Hearing God. We actually had a bunch of copies, I think they might have been, all been sold, you guys can check after the first service, we'll order some more this week. Um, Hearing God by Dallas Willard. In this book, Dallas talks about, and by the way, again, I love, I love this book because he's a philosophy press professor at USC. So he's a deep thinker, and for some of you who might be wanting to really wrestle this down and go, okay, I really wanna understand this, can't encourage you enough to get this book. Well, here's what he says. He says there are three things that are true about any voice that you actually recognize. What causes you to recognize anybody's voice? And I'll use Susie as my example, right? Because when I first met her, you know, I wouldn't have recognized her voice at all. I didn't even know who she was. And now today, after 17 years of marriage, it's like one word, bam, I know her, okay? Here's the three things, and these are what we're gonna look at today. Three things are true with any voice if you're going to recognize. Number one is content. What did the person say? So you could come to me and you could say, hey, I just need to tell you what Susie said. And there could be things that you would tell me she'd say and I go, there ain't no way she said that. There's no way she said that. I know that's not true. Why? Because I know her. And I know what would not come out of her mouth. So we're going to talk about the content with God. Because if you're going to know if this is God speaking to you, it has to, you have to make sure the content is right. Secondly is the spirit of the voice. There's a, anybody who speaks, there's a certain spirit to it. So when I was uh, first, uh, uh, when Susie and I were dating, we, I don't, maybe we were engaged. I remember we called back to Michigan. And I was talking to my sister-in-law on the phone. And so Susie got out on the phone was talking with her. When they got done... I grab the phone and Linda, my sister-in-law, says, oh my gosh, she sounds so sweet. See, that's the spirit of the voice. She could tell there's something to it and we're going to talk about that. So content and spirit and then the third thing is the quality. Now, with sound, there's a tone, okay? There's a tone of someone's voice and because of a certain tone, you can recognize them immediately. I know that's your voice because I can tell the tone. Now, again, I've never audibly heard God, but there is a tone, there is a quality to God's voice that when it speaks and you get mature and you practice this and you get it, it's like, I know that's God, okay? And that's where we're going to go. Okay, so you guys want to pull out your notes, grab a pen, and write this stuff down. Come on, man. Do you want to hear his voice? Because if he's speaking, man, God who knows you, who's leading you, this is, this is fantastic and exciting that this might happen. So here we go. Let's talk about the content of God's voice. I'm going to be pretty short on this one, but I'm going to be as strong as I can, okay? God will never, okay, never, Capital N, capital E, capital V, capital E, capital R, bold, italicized, underlined, exclamation point, okay? There's the point. God will never speak to your heart or give you thoughts that are contradictory to what the Word of God and the Scriptures say. Okay? Now listen, this is so huge, man. How can I tell if this is God? God will never speak to you, move you, lead you to do something that is contradictory to what is in the Bible. John 17, 17, Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. Last week, we learned the ministry of the Spirit, John 16, 13, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. See, so here's what, what are we saying. Jesus is helping us to say, his word is truth and his spirit is truth. So the spirit is only going to say the same things that fall in line with the principles, with the truth that's in God's word. You just you, And by the way, I'm not gonna go long on this because in a couple weeks, we're gonna talk about this more in depth, but this is so important. 1 John 1, 5 says this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there's no darkness of all, at all. In, in Corinthians, another passage, it says, and what fellowship can darkness have with light? There can't, there's no fellowship, right? If it's a dark room, when you, as soon as you flick on the light, now there's light in there, it's not dark. It can't be dark and be light at the same time. And so when God is speaking and he is light and there's no darkness in him at all, if you start hearing something that's leading you, and I've believe me, we all do, okay? We all get led down this path of darkness. But I'm telling you, if you know that it's not in the word of God, then run, <laughs> then flee, okay? And this is why, you guys, it's so important. You've got to figure out what's in God's word, See, because here's the truth. There are other spirits, there are other voices. You have voices in your head, but the Bible is very clear that we have a spiritual enemy and his main weapon, Jesus said, is he lies to you. He says things to you all the time that aren't true and he's called the angel of light, which means it sounds right. And I'm telling you, man, and he wants nothing but to destroy you. He's the one who tempted Jesus, right? And he actually used the word of God oh my gosh, this guy's good. So you have got to know the word of God so that when, as the Bible says, you got to test the spirit. If you're going to distinguish between good and evil, between God and your own voice, between God and and Satan's voice, you must know the word of God because he will never contradict himself. Okay? Absolutely critical. Number one, the content of his voice and it's, and it's huge, we'll get to this in, in more, of how important it is to be able to do this. All right, let's talk about the spirit. The spirit of God's voice. What does God desire more than anything else? More than anything else, from Genesis to Revelation. You know what God desires? Is he desires relationship with you. That is God's heart. And so here's what you can know. If God wants relationship with you, if he wants you to learn that he loves you perfectly, passionately, devotedly, and he wants you to love him back so that you can start having an intimacy and a relationship with him, then here's what you can know. The spirit of his voice is going to match his will and his desire. That's why, right, I do. I know that Susie loves me more than anything else in the world, and so there's a spirit to her voice even when she has to tell me really hard stuff. I still know at her core by the way she's saying it that she wants relationship with me. Galatians 5.22 says this. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Just look at that list, man. That's the fruit of the Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit, the Spirit who knows the thoughts of God. So what is it going to sound like? What's, what's the Spirit going to be like when he speaks to me? It's going to be this. It's going to be peaceful and patient and kind and good and faithful. Now, so there's, there's three things. So here's what, when God speaks, he actually wants to produce these things in your life. Here's the first one, okay, that we can know about his Spirit. Number one is a Spirit of unity. When God speaks, there will always be a spirit of unity in his voice. What do I mean by that? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, and this is, I know I'm saying this a lot, but it is absolutely changing everything about the way I live. And that's this. Ephesians 1, 9 and 10 says, God has revealed the mystery of his will purposed in Christ. You've got to grab onto that. Okay, <laughs> the antennas are up. What's your will then? Because when God speaks, it's going to be in accordance with his will. You know what his will is? To unite everything in heaven and earth under Christ. The spirit of God is always a spirit of bringing people together, of unity with him and with each other. So Ephesians 4.3 says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Be quiet, because that's what he does. So when God is speaking, it's like, okay, is God speaking? Is it leading me to relationship? I, it was fun last Sunday. <clears throat> somebody came up to, uh, up to me after the first service, and they said, hey, this is so interesting. They go, we have a friend, and they're, they're, they're of another faith. or They're not uh, of the Christian faith. And they said, but what's interesting is they said, you guys claim to hear the voice of God. And at the same time... Throughout history, right, there have been other people who have claimed to hear the voice of God, and they've done some really wacky, horrific things. And then they just looked at this gal, and they said, Hey, so how do I—you're claiming you hear from God? They're claiming they hear from God. How do we know which one is God? And then they came back to this gal later, and they said, You know what? I've been thinking about it. Here's one of the things I notice. That when you say you feel like you heard from God, it always leads to relationship. It always leads to coming together and to connecting. And when these other people say they hear from God, it leads to abuse, it leads to isolation, and it leads to division. I love that, man. This dude's not even a Christian. It's like, bingo! When God is speaking, because his will is to unite, he's going to bring you together. Now, I love this verse. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it'll be given to you. If anybody lack wisdom, anybody need wisdom today? (laughs) Okay, we all do. And so, now here's, this is crazy. So the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, ask God, and he's going to give it to you. I have a question for you. If you ask, and he's going to give it, how does he give it? Okay, God, I need wisdom. How's it gonna come? It's gonna come with a new thought, isn't it? Do you ever think about that? The only way God gives you wisdom is he starts speaking to you. He starts leading you. He starts guiding you. Now here's what's crazy, look at James 3, 17 and 18. It says, and the wisdom that comes from heaven, when God gives you wisdom, it is first of all pure, then peace-loving considerate submissive full of mercy good fruit impartial and sincere and peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness you guys this when god when you ask and god speaks to you that's what's going to sound like memorize these verses soak them in, and it'll help you to understand the spirit of God's voice. He's always seeking to make you a peacemaker, to bring people together. If his will is unity, the will of the enemy is division. That's how you can know it's his voice. Number two, spirit of unity. Number two is a spirit of conviction. When the God's speaking to you, he will produce conviction inside of you. So John 16, 8 says, and when he, which is the Holy Spirit, right, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You know, it's what, and we, we hear this and we go, God, we hate this, don't we? Man, I hate the fact that like, God's always like telling me I'm doing stuff wrong and pointing stuff out. And it's like, ooh, that's why people, I just don't even want to deal with God. Can I just tell you, though, you don't hate this not conviction, because man, if you're taking steps in a direction that are leading to destruction, you know, man, your soul is shriveling up and it's dying inside, and you keep walking, you can't stop, and you keep going in this direction, and now your relationships, everything around you is starting to fall apart. The division is just in your path, and you're finding yourself lonely and isolated, and you keep going, and you're getting right to the edge, right? and now you are separating yourself completely from God for maybe eternity. If you're walking in a way that's leading to destruction and the Holy Spirit comes in and convicts you and helps you to know this is not right, aren't you glad? I mean, seriously, I'm telling you, God is the one who's rescuing us from our own destructive past. Anybody else wanna say amen to that? Like, I am so grateful. Now, it's never pleasant at the time, right? That's what's amazing about Satan. He's like, oh, man, this is awesome. We start, this feels so good. This has got to be right. Everybody else is doing, and he's just leading you to a path of destruction. You need the spirit of God who brings conviction, and you should be grateful that he is, because he's helping you to know God's thoughts and God's will, and God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. Perfect. He will provide. You know what's cool? And here's how you can know it's conviction from from the Spirit. This is how you can know God's voice. Remember everything about that Spirit? It's gentle, it's kind, super strong, but it's loving. And the Bible says when the Holy Spirit speaks and convicts you, it's it's called godly sorrow. So it does produce sorrow, but godly sorrow leads to repentance, which means it leads to you turning away from destruction and actually going back towards God. But there is a worldly sorrow, right? And a worldly sorrow actually leads to death. And here's what I want, this is so important. God's voice will never, God's voice, I'm sorry, will convict you, but listen man, he will never condemn you. When you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit sitting inside of you, that means all of your sin is gone. And Romans 8.1 says this, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ, right, that's the whole why it's good news. The good news of being in Christ is all of your sin is taken away. He punished all your sin in Christ on the cross, and that's why he can never punish you again. And so you have to know that when you feel that voice and it's convicting you, as soon as it starts condemning you, it is not the voice of God. Why? Because you, how many of you have heard that negative voice that it just calls you a loser? I, I mean, it's constant. I hear it all the time. It's unbelievable to me. And what's crazy is I'll buy it. I'll actually think that it's God. I mean, there are times, man, I have sat in depression, absolutely struggling with my thoughts, and 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 I'll hear these voices and just say, man, you're a loser, you're you're, you're miserable, you make mistakes, you're just hurting people, you're letting people down. You shouldn't even be doing what you're doing. I hear those voices, and it's crazy to me because I'll actually start thinking, oh, I'm sorry, God. Right, how many of you? Oh, I'm sorry, God. Okay, (laughs) when you're feeling that way, right? Does that actually make you want to get closer to God? No. So why in the world, if his greatest desire is to make you intimate with him, would he be saying stuff to you that makes you run away from him? Come on, who's saying that? Who's saying that? I'm telling you, man, you've got to understand. He will convict you of sin because he loves you, and he's trying to rescue you from destruction, but the condemnation is never the voice of God, all right? So, as soon as you feel like a loser, uh, it's like, and the God is condemning you, because you do, you'll stop going to church. You'll stop being in a Life Together group. You'll stop reading the Bible, you know? And next thing you, know, like, I just know God doesn't want me. And the enemy's going, sweet. (laughs) They bought it. They bought it. And we all buy it. All right, we've got to keep going. Spirit of unity, spirit of conviction. Last one is a spirit of encouragement. When God speaks, there will be a spirit of encouragement. Look at this, Romans 15. Everything, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement Give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. And then in verse 13, he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is kind of close to this last one, but listen, this is so important. When God is speaking, he will encourage you, not discourage you. How many of you have sat in church and felt discouraged by God? You read the Bible and you feel discouraged. I'm telling you, man, that's not him. He says the God of hope. He wants to give you hope. I'm telling you, if you have voices in your head and they're leading you to despair, is that God? (laughs) It's not, and yet we'll think that it is. And I, I want to tell you, so, and I've shared this, but just again, really quickly, while I'm working on my master's in theology in California, I'm finding myself prostrate on the ground. Prostrate on the ground. <laughs> I know you all were thinking it, just let's all enjoy it for a moment. I wasn't 50 yet then. All right, I was laying on the ground. And seriously, I was just in this state of absolute despair, man. I was asking God, would you just take my life? I, I was so like done. I just felt like it was so, such a dark period of time. For, I just, that's what I wish. I'd be driving up a hilly road and just, man, wouldn't it be awesome if a semi was on the other side? Just take me out, and I'm asking God, would you please just take me out? Is that God? And then, that's what I'm thinking, and in the midst of that, out of the blue, I hear this really small, still voice, and it says, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Come on, you guys. And here's what I, and here's what I feel like God, because God is a great coach. I love this Tom Landry, right? He said a great coach is someone who makes you do what you don't want to do so that you'll become who you want to be. And we've all, if you're an athlete, you've had a coach like that, man, who pushed you so hard you just couldn't stand it and you were puking your guts out at the end of prayer. You said, I can't do it. But you know what? Here's what I found, man God's voice when it came was to encourage me, to strengthen me so that I would endure. Because why? Because you know what God's doing? God was teaching me, He was training me, He was equipping me, and He was strengthening me. And you know what? The pain didn't go away. The hard times didn't go away. The suffering didn't go away. But I finally had hope. And I want to tell you, man, if you're hearing the voice of God, it will never discourage you. Because if you get discouraged, you're going to quit and you won't hang on to the relationship you have with him. His word will keep you going. All right? So that's the spirit of God's voice. Now let's hit the last one. The quality. When God speaks, there's a different tone, there's a quality to it. Here's what Dallas Willard says in his book. The quality of God's voice is more a matter of a certain weight or impact on the impression that's in the, that's, that's it, the the quality of God's voice, try this again, is more of a matter of a certain weight or impact of the impression that its communication has on your conscience. When God speaks in your thoughts and on your conscience, there's a weight to it, an impression on you. E Stanley Jones said this, perhaps the rough distinction, the voice of the subconscious, listen, the voice of your own subconscious argues with you. It tries to convince you. But the inner voice of God does not argue. It does not try to convince you. It just speaks and it is self-authenticating. It has the feel of the voice of God in it. And you know what, here's what's true. You all know what this is like. You've all experienced this with somebody. You can be at work, right, talking to one of your co-workers, someone who's on the same side as you, and when they speak and when they share something to you, it's like, okay, they have an opinion, you have an opinion, you might not agree with them, but then if the CEO actually walks in And says something? Does their voice carry more weight than your co-worker? Absolutely. Susie's voice carries more weight than any of you. (laughs) I can love you, but her voice means something else. How about this one? A hundred people can think you're awesome and tell you and give you accolades and promote you. And your dad can say one negative thing to you and you don't believe any of the other hundred. Right? Why? Because his voice carries weight more weight listen if god speaks to you how much weight would it have look at this matthew 7 29 jesus who is the image of the invisible god when jesus had finished saying these things the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law what's that mean See, when everybody else would teach the law, they had opinions. And then people would argue with their opinions. And they'd go back and forth. And then when Jesus taught, everybody was like, okay, what was that? Why is his teaching so different? Because it had a weight of authority. Oh, and you guys, I've got so many examples I can't even get into of where this has happened. Just, I, I've shared this real quick, but when I was back at my church in Detroit, I wanted, again, the enemy... This whole identity thing we just talked about, right? That's why we're doing this voice thing, so you gotta you got be able to hear God's voice. The enemy does not want you living in your identity. He's constantly trying to take me out of who God's created me. He did it back in Detroit. And I was done, man. I was done. I'm like, everything I'm doing is just Fruitless. And on that day when I was ready to quit, this girl calls me out of the blue and she says, hey, can I come in and talk to you? And I'm like, okay. And she comes in and she goes, Dave, you just need to know a few years ago you gave a message and God so spoke to me and it completely changed the whole direct trajectory of my life. And she goes, you know what? For seven months, listen, for seven months, I've been thinking I need to tell Dave. Dave. For seven months, I've been thinking I need to tell Dave. She said, I'm driving to work on the freeway today. And all of a sudden, God says, you need to tell him today. <laughs> do you guys, do you know the difference? you guys understand that? You can have thoughts and you can be thinking. But when God said that, she, he's like, today. And it had authority and she told me. And I looked at her and said, you have no idea how bad. I needed to hear that today. Come on, man. When God speaks Listen to him. Same thing happened when I was pursuing Susie, man. I had thoughts. Is she the right one? Oh my gosh, maybe she is. And I'm reading stuff about her that I think she's amazing. And then I'm taking a walk and I'm praying to God. Oh my God, could she be this? And is she that? And might she be the one? And then all of a sudden, while I'm walking, I get this voice, another voice comes in and says, this is my daughter and I love her. And I'm choosing you to be the one I get to love her through. And I fall on the ground. And it's over. It's over. See, my thoughts versus God's voice. It has a totally different authority. Can I give you a couple hints on if it's God's voice? Number one, it will often come out of left field, okay? It comes out of, you're you're thinking, you might even say, oh man, I have a thought, and then all of a sudden, bam! (laughs) Where'd that come from? Because you know you weren't thinking it. It's a good chance it's God. Here's a second hint, is many times that voice, not all the time, obviously, marry this woman, cool. Not every time, but most of the time, that voice will ask you to do something you don't wanna do. When you hear a voice inside your head, it sounds probably in line with the Spirit of God. It matches the content, and if you don't wanna do it, and it won't leave you alone. You probably need to listen to that. I shared this here before, I heard God, I I, I was in my quiet time, I was just praying to God, and all of a sudden, out of left field, number one, number two, don't want to hear this, David, I want you to totally give up sports. And I'm like, Satan does speak. There is a devil. And for days and weeks, that voice wouldn't leave me alone. Where's it coming from? That is not. My idea. I don't want to do that. It's exactly what I need to do. So let me just, and here's the last thing. He has authority. Look at Jesus here. Jesus came to them, this is after his resurrection, and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jamie Winship actually uh, trained us in this one when we were doing some training to get ready for the men's event. This was fascinating to me. And he said, if you notice, almost every time God speaks in the scripture, he asks people to move. Almost every time God speaks, he's asking you to do something, right? All authority, in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore, everybody say it, therefore, go. Look at this, Philippians 2. It is God who works in you. What does that mean? He's working in you, what does that mean? It means he's speaking. He's giving you his thoughts. He's letting you know what his will is. He's moving you in your heart. It is God who works in you, what? to will so that he's moving in you so that you can have his thoughts and his heart so that you'll actually desire and want to do what God wants to do. But he works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Oh, you guys, you got to come back next week, okay? Because we're going to hit more on this. No, I'm serious. This is so huge. I think many of you in this room have heard God's voice, and even as I've gone through this message, you can go, Yep, yep, I know this. And yet you're still wondering if it's God's. Can I tell you why? Most of us, the reason we're struggling to know if it's God's voice or not is because when He spoke, you didn't listen. When He moved you, you argued, you justified and you didn't take the step of faith. And now you're left to wonder, was that really God or not? I don't know. But I can tell you what, you know what the Bible is? You know what the adventure with God is that we wanna equip you on? The only thing that matters is faith expressing itself. Hear that? Faith expressing itself. Faith without action is dead. When you express faith and love, what that means is God moves and you take a step of faith and you're like, oh my God. That was God. And I'm going to tell you, man, some of you go to church, you believe in Him, and you never experience Him. And now you don't know if it's His voice. And the enemy is making you afraid. Remember when we talked about fear? The fear is nothing but a veil to keep you from getting to God's glory. And you have been so afraid to step out, so stuck in things that you haven't stepped out. I'm telling you, if you want to know God's voice, when he prompts you, is it in his spirit? We'll get him more of this. You can test it, and then you can say, and you go, and it's God. And now you freaking know him. And that is eternal life right there. That's when you know him. By the way, the enemy is not telling you to do God's stuff. It's not him. Sure, it's scary? Do it. Jesus said this, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and they do it. Blessed would you be if you do it. All right, so band, come on up. We're gonna give you guys a chance in our last 15 minutes To get your heart into a place, even right now, of saying, I didn't just go to church today. I'm going to walk out of here different than I came in. I'm going to get my heart into a place to hear God's voice. Okay, so we're going to keep practicing this. Go go ahead and everybody just close your eyes. We're going to just keep practicing, right? (laughs) Because by constant use, by constant use, we start to know if it's God or not. So let's try this again this morning. Tell God right now the truth of what's going on inside you. What's the truth right now that you're feeling about God? Are you saying, man, God, you might speak to others, but you don't speak to me. What's the truth you believe about yourself? I'm not that important. I'm not that valuable. God might speak to other people that doesn't speak to me. I don't know what's hindering you. Tell God right now the truth about what you believe about Him and what you believe about yourself in light of this whole intimate conversation thing that we just talked about. to the best of your ability, lots of times it's just helpful even just to picture, that's why you got to close your eyes, just imagine, he gave us this gift of imagination, imagine Jesus, picture him, and now just ask him, Jesus, what do you want me to know? Some of you, you know that God's been speaking and he's been prompting and you've been running and you're scared to do what he's asking you to do. Maybe even now will be the time before you walk out of this room that you'll listen and you'll be blessed if you do. So we're gonna worship. Because in this time of worship is when it's it's a gift to God from us to be able to take our heart in the state that it is in and lift it to Him and just remind yourself through this worship, God, you are, you are this, and I'm this, and you're this. So just connect yourself, connect the truth of who God is and, and express your heart to Him and receive from Him while we're doing this so they can strengthen you to go out. We're gonna take our offering right now because that's what we do when we take our offering. We connect our heart with God because God is like uber generous. He just gives and gives and gives and now he's set us free from ourselves if you're a Christian and then the the offering is that beautiful place where we connect our heart with God and we go, you give and so I give, man. I just give. So let's financially give and then let's give our hearts to him, okay? Okay. This God, man, he wants relationship with you so bad that he would come into your very being. God is with you, man. He is with you, All right? Let's stand together and let's worship him.